This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right. Welcome to another episode of Line Dance Podcast. Today, Megan and I are driving to Stoney's Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento for a night of line dancing. And we are looking at the book 100 Simple, The 100 Simple Secrets of Happy People by David Niven, Ph.D. And you may ask yourself, what does this have to do with line dancing? Besides everything. Besides everything. And (laughs) we are here to answer that question as we go chapter by chapter and topic by topic, finding reasons why each of these chapters has something to do with line dance. But since we're driving, we're not going to look at anything beyond the chapter titles, because that feels like the safest thing to do. And the first chapter is entitled, Your Life Has Purpose and Meaning. How does this relate to line dance? Your life has purpose and meaning. When you line dance, your life has a purpose and meaning. Oh, in that... When you are dancing with a second person, at least one second person, you are their supporter and you are the person who makes it possible for the dance to be a line dance and not just a dot or point dance. And um, if a band is playing, you are the people saying, yeah, your music makes us move. Like, you're doing good stuff up there. If you... Or dancing on your own just for fun, that can be, you know, just something you enjoy. But as far as purpose and what it does for other people, that is when being the second point in somebody's line or being the the dancing section at a concert can add to the overall experience for everyone. What are your thoughts? Well, there's that, definitely. There's also the way that line dancing connects with people Mm. which helps build a stronger, bigger family and it supports people and encourages them to go out and and dance and experience life. So by me and my life having purpose and meaning in line dance, I'm hoping to have that same effect on those around me. I like that. Chapter two is use a strategy for happiness. And I am actually going to see what that means. Flipping to the page of chapter two. I wonder what a strategy for happiness is. All right, there's a paragraph at the beginning. We assume that happy and unhappy people are born that way, but both kinds of people do things that create and reinforce their moods. Happy people let themselves be happy, Unhappy people continue doing things that upset them. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Strategy for happiness. How does line dance relate to... I can't even tell you how much going out and experiencing new venues and meeting new people and learning new line dances has just opened up the door for happiness Mm. to me. And just getting out there and experiencing that particular dance with that particular song in that particular venue with those particular people 
can be such an amazing experience. And if you let go of the worry and just enjoy yourself, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. So you can't help but continue to do it. Mm-hmm. So, whereas I know several people who they'll still attempt to be out there but get stuck in their head and worry about what other people think of them as they're dancing and that's just that's, you're not you're not enjoying it at that point so mm. I don't know what about you? Oh, the thing that they said about um, happy people let me reread this happy people let themselves be happy unhappy people continue doing things that upset them it's like when you do the same steps it's like we were talking about earlier where if if you're doing the same steps over and over um, and you don't want to stick out too much because there's that um, there are two, two, two terms for it one of them is like the, the golden poppy some kind of like poppy syndrome uh, also known as um, in, in the Japanese saying like the hammer or the nail that sticks up gets hammered down like nobody when they're when they're feeling really unsure about themselves they don't want to be that one person doing things differently because then people are going to look at them so they keep doing the dance in a way that they know they don't like they don't like they don't even like that dance but they don't know what else they can do and where it says happy people happy people let themselves be happy you were saying you know they, people don't just don't worry about it uh, they let themselves just do what the music takes them into like if it makes you want to do a variation then just yeah you can just do the variation or if you are at a venue where you think how it's been is how it's always going to be and you're just going to do the same dances forever so that's all you ever request you don't even think to request a new song uh, because you learned to dance independently like happy people let themselves be happy if, you, if you're if you at home and you love doing this dance that isn't done at your local venue why not bring that to the venue with some friends and enjoy it there instead of just Unhappily doing what's done and not trying to change things. Yep. So since the... What was this topic again? Use a strategy for happiness. Like when you know the things that make you happy, you can predictably like create more opportunities to do those in the future. When you know yourself better, you can lay that out for yourself. Like that. All right. And the next chapter is... Let's light up the screen here. You don't have to win every time. Interesting. Let me read the first paragraph of this one. You don't have to win every time. Ultra-competitive people who always need to win end up enjoying things less. If they lose, they are very disappointed. And if they win, it's what they expected would happen anyway. You don't have to win every time. Okay, I got... Go ahead. Okay, so... Probably a little bit different than the idea of winning in a competition which is what that kind of sounded like it implied mine is the idea of being afraid to do a variation because it may or may not work Mm. like shouldn't stop you from still attempting it Mm -hmm. same thing with getting a dance down your first try Mm -hmm. like it yes it can be frustrating by all means but if you 
you know, let that discourage you because you struggled with a dance or you didn't get this dance or, you know, that turn that you wanted to add didn't quite land where you needed it to land doesn't mean that it was unsuccessful. It just means that, you know, it didn't work. You just try something new. It was, you know, not meant for that exact moment. So. The thought that I had uh, was like when you're doing all your fancy pants stuff and maybe at the place where you go, you're used to being the only person who does all the fancy stuff and, you know, people make nice comments as they do uh, and then somebody maybe comes from like out of town and they do a bunch of fancy things. Oh. You don't have to be the standout person every time. Uh, you, you don't have to just like they're saying you know, expecting like um, let's see where was it let me go back a page if they win it's what they expected would happen anyway so people can come in and be amazing and that's a good thing like it's not a bad thing if somebody else comes in and shows some amazing variations on a dance you've done a million times um, that's a new friend that's um, somebody who gets it you know who yeah. like you want to talk to you're like wow like where where does this come from for you uh, you know what other background do you have in dance and it might be like if if you are really re stuck really close to your ego and you need to be the center of attention and the star and all that then you might be thinking like oh well, heck with them that show off or whatever um, but if you if you don't have to win every time, as the chapter says, then you can let them. Not you're not even letting them, but let, you know, because like, what power do you have to let people do these things? True. You're just you're just letting yourself remind yourself where you are, like in the world of dance, that there are so many people out there with so many styles that you can learn from. Well, and if you don't have to win, you can mm -hmm. learn from the other person. That's right. That's right. I have this list, I think I, it used to be on my wallpaper for my phone, um, of things you can still do, even if you're not naturally talented in some field, there are things you can still do, like, you know, uh, work hard and whatnot. One of them was be teachable. Like, even if you're not amazing at some field that you're trying to learn at, it's very important to be teachable. And if you are used to being a big fish in a small pond, you can stay there forever, but if somebody else comes along and you learn from them, then you are able to move into bigger ponds and still feel competent and able. So, yeah, if you don't have to win every time, then you can humble yourself, make new friends, learn, and... Be happy. Yeah, and be happy, because of course, <laughs> that's what we're reading about right now. All right, next chapter. Uh, chapter four, your goals should be aligned with one another. The four tires of your car have to be properly aligned. Otherwise, the left tires will be pointed in a different direction from the right tires, and the car won't work. Goals are just like that. They all must be pointed in the same direction. If your goals conflict with one another, your life may not work. Your goals should be aligned with one another. A little bit trickier. 
I guess if you're looking at it from an event point of view, it's helpful. Like, let's say you only have time to learn 50 dances a month, let's say. And you're wondering, which ones should I learn? And you have the option to, you know, pull smatterings from, like, soul line dance and kind of obscure ones from, like, a senior center in the UK or maybe, like, a place in Reno where they don't teach those dances outside of that one small space. You could do that. But if you're learning 50 that are really popular at one event so that you can do them at the next big event and they're all kind of aligned with each other in that way, then you have more use for all the ones you know. Because let's say you learn 50, but they're all from different places and they're all done in different places. And then you go to that big event, you can only do like four dances there. And then you're sitting a lot and that's okay, but you're there to dance. So if you learn 50 dances that are likely to be played at that place, and that is your goal is to like dance as much as you can in some place, or at least have the option to, then aligning all of those dances in the category of ones that will be done here will make you happier. True. Kind of building around that as well is knowing, for instance, if you're learning said dances for an event where locally you may be able to bring them as well, so that you can actually get real use out of them besides just this one-time event, which although would be amazing, you know, you're spending all this time and this energy and this effort to learn these dances, you want to be able to use them, Mm -hmm. as well as, I guess, theoretically, you could also play off of the idea of, for instance, you and me learning together. Our goals are aligned right now. True. Both learn these certain dances... So you could also learn together. Yes. So, yeah. It's a little bit trickier one. Mm -hmm. Number five, choose your comparisons wisely. Oh. Oh, I can already see. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Many of our feelings of satisfaction or dissatisfaction have their roots in how we compare ourselves to others. When we compare ourselves to those who have more, we feel bad. When we compare ourselves to those who have less, we feel grateful. Even though the truth is we have exactly the same life either way, our feelings about our life can vary tremendously based on who we compare ourselves with. And I could cough, say a whole bunch of names. Um, Compare yourself with those examples that are meaningful, but then make you feel comfortable with who you are and what you have. That's a a big one for me. Um, Especially when it comes to just everything in life let alone line dancing. Um, I, I've always loved the idea of compare yourself to who you were yesterday mm-hmm. as opposed to who's sitting next to, next to you or mm-hmm. who's across the room from you. Um, and see where you have, you as a person, or in this particular case, you as a dancer, have your strengths and your weaknesses and what you can excel at and possibly teach someone versus what you may struggle with that someone could possibly teach you. Mm. Which then at that point, if you're looking at the outside comparison, it is extremely important to look at someone more advanced than you and not envy or 
become jealous or any type of negative, but how did they get to where they are that you admire so much and potentially talk to that individual and be like, what did you do? How did you get here? What classes did you take? What, what is it about this that makes you love it so much? Because clearly it shows when you dance and I want that same feeling. And use it as a teachable or a learning experience as opposed to a, well, I'm never going to be that good. Or, yeah, I'm so much better than this person. What are they doing on the dance floor? That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Go and help them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two of the things that I would probably want to remember whenever I see somebody who moves impossibly. Like Roy. I'm just going to throw a name out there. Roy... Or Rachel. so Roy, Roy Hedisabroto <laughs> or Rachel McEnany White. Uh, I, I I need to remember how long they've been doing this yes. and how long I've been doing it. So when you have somebody who's I mean th- like Shane McKeever, there are videos of him doing line dance. I think when since he was six or something in his hat and boots. And of course, when you do something that often for that many years it's going to show and you know Rachel I think she started when she was like 14 something like that and yeah so it's been a it's been a while that these people have been doing the same art form and I have time I am young yet yes so there's always time to you know enjoy it and savor it and that's one of the good things about like being where we are is like we're not where they are and that's okay we still have lots of time yes and another thing to consider is and Tim Ferriss talks about this every once in a while on his podcast is um, be careful of comparing yourself or like um, looking at somebody's life when all you're seeing is their highlight reel for real and um know that they have real human lives as well. They have struggles. Mm-hmm. There there are times when they are first shown a dance that they don't know the dance. Yes. Like we all start from seeing a dance for the first time. And they they get stuck on things, we get stuck on things, but all we ever see is when they know it well enough to teach it. True. So remembering that keeps you from feeling like you're the only one who struggles yeah and like you were saying like if you see somebody else on the dance floor and they're struggling then that's a great opportunity to ask if you know they want some help and guide through it or something like yeah. that alright next one chapter 6 cultivate friendships oh he's an easy one Rekindle past relationships and take advantage of opportunities at work or among your neighbors to expand your friendship base. Oh. People need to feel that they are a part of something bigger. Oh, ha! yeah. That this, they, no, that, I mean, is there really a reason to explain this one? <laughs> that they care about others and are cared about by others in return. I mean, shoot. I can't tell you how many friendships I've built based on dance alone. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with this one. It's just such such an amazing thing to be a part of friendship wise it's something you can do with your friends You, I mean I 
I drug my friends into it and they're hooked and then you know I've gone to socials in Nevada at wine country line dance and I mean there hasn't been a moment that walking in that door that I haven't felt a part of something bigger and so welcomed that I'm I just yeah I mean there's no way to get around you will make friends <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like going to back in the day Mavericks you know there were people that you knew from there and that for me like those were just like my only I I had no idea that there existed all the people that are our friends now in right. Reno and SoCal like all these people they've they were still alive on this planet somewhere but all we knew were our people at Mavericks and yeah. our circles there and now That's basically I have, where we met yeah <laughs> and and now I have you know my Reno dance people and then our SoCal dance people and you go to the circuit events and now it's like oh yeah you know it's Simon Ward and Chris Watson down in Australia and the Kinzers in the UK and Linda and Gary off in you know, right. Ireland Scotland like they're all over the world and you are totally a part of something bigger yeah that I mean can't get much bigger than that without going to like the International Space Station right <laughs> yeah um, and also I, at, first, at first just seeing that I thought okay well you know go dancing make friends and then move on to the next chapter but then more specifically, one of the things that helps build friendship is shared struggle. Yes. Like when you go through a, like a disaster or a hurricane or something like that, um, and you you and your neighbor who never spoke before, you know, you're helping each other dig stuff out of rubble, and you have that closer connection, that bond. Or when you have a complete stranger that you're helping with something, like you feel closer because you endured that together. Every time you learn a new dance, you struggle together with some other person. And you might never have met them before if you're at some event. You don't even know if you like speak the same language necessarily. But afterwards, you both know, wow, that was difficult. And we have this empathetic moment where we know what it's like for them. We know what their struggle was like for those past 45 minutes. Because we went through that ourselves. Yeah. And you know them deeper than you did, than, uh, th- than you did 45 minutes prior. Yeah. No, there's yeah. definitely that. I mean, but just in general, even getting out there and attempting to learn a dance, I know that's how uh, Lacey from Stoney's, that's how she and I became friends was I wanted to learn one of the dances and she's like, well, if you want, I'll show you and I'll do, you know, the vanilla version so you can learn it. I'll walk you through it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. We got on the dance floor and sure enough, and you know, now we're friends. We're going to go see her tonight. So, you know, it's definitely one of those things where as long as your eyes are open and you show up you have the potential to make a family yeah basically yeah that that sense of having something to offer I think is important because there have been theater cast events where I'll go but the things that they're talking about aren't they don't feel relevant to me like maybe they're talking about past productions that I wasn't part of so I have nothing to say I have nothing to, to contribute to the discussion and sometimes I'll leave and not know whether it mattered that I was there but with line dance especially when you know a couple dances you have a couple that you can you know, help others with then you feel like there's a reason why you're coming up to this person and saying something to them and introducing yourself 
and you can give them something. Yeah. And that starts that that back and forth connection. Mm-hmm. Number seven, this one might be a little bit less relevant. Well, I mean, number seven, turn off the TV. Oh. And I. Dancing is definitely something that you got to show up to. Like, you you can't just watch people line dancing on TV and get the same experience of it. Even if you tune in for five hours every week and sort of feel like you're there, they don't know you're there because you're just watching. Yeah. So, um, having having people actually physically around you, um, that that's a huge part of the dance well and to kind of build off of that too i know it says tv but put down your cell phone yeah put down your cell phone be present enjoy it let me see what the follow-up on that was television is a creamy filling that distracts us from the substance of our lives completely relevant to what you're saying about screens as we were saying earlier It takes you out of the moment when, like, you're out there on the floor texting or whatever. You're not present. You're not engaged. Are you even dancing at that point? Or right. Or are you just moving? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about, like, robots and how if a robot on an assembly line is grabbing a thing, moving it someplace else, and setting it down, it's, it's not... And then you extrapolate that to... Now it's not just lifting an arm and putting a thing down, but it's walking, now it's shuffling, now it's coaster stepping. Like, it is moving like a dancer, but it's not really dancing any more than it is when it's grabbing the can, moving it over, and setting it down. It's just moving. Yeah. And then we were talking about, like, well, what is dancing? Like, if dancing is something that can only be done by a living person... And you are just moving your legs underneath your body while you text. Are you still dancing? Because maybe you're just moving rhythmically, but you don't feel anything. You're not present. You're not responding to your environment. You're just kind of skating about, and you don't even know that you're there. Yeah. So maybe dancing requires that you be present, engaged, expressive, um, emotional, and... Having, in this case, I mean, uh, a mobile device, or as they say in the chapter, a television, uh, when, you're, when you're detached from the present moment, you can't experience those feelings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Number eight. Oh, very relevant. Oh, no. A- accept yourself unconditionally. You are not just the size of your bank account, the neighborhood you live in, or the type of work you do. You are, just like everyone else, an almost inconceivably complicated mixture of, or mix of abilities and limitations. I like that one. Yes. I like that one. Um, I like that one so much because like we were talking earlier, I mean, I was out of dance for quite a while and I couldn't fight it anymore and when I got on that dance floor, it was all about me at that moment, in that moment of time, and just letting go and just accepting what was, which was me. And being out on a dance floor, you know, can be enlightening to yourself. It can be vulnerable, even. 
Um, and you can mess up. You can forget walls. You can forget steps. You can completely forget a dance that you learned 20 minutes ago. Or one that, you know, you know like the back of your hand, but for some reason you just missed that restart. Yep. And it's okay. It happens. It happens with everyone. And if you accept yourself and know, well, oops, <laughs> my bad. Next, next wall, next wall, you know, and just jump back in. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world as opposed to being like, I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe I messed that up. I can't believe this. And then beating yourself up over it. If you accept yourself and accept the fact that you are perfectly imperfect and it's okay not only are you going to be happier, but other people around you are going to feed off of that too. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, oh, well, she's been dancing for so long and she messed up. So I guess it's not that bad when I mess up. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And if, if, let's say the people that we think are amazing, if they said, like, let's say Roy, for example, if he said, oh, I shouldn't get into teaching. I'm no Pedro Machado. I'm no Max Perry or something like that. If he's comparing himself to somebody else and and he won't just say, you know what? I am different. I, I like to make my dances the way I make them. And I'm going to stand up and put my name on this step sheet and, uh, and say that, yeah, this is something I made. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But like, this is what I stand by. If he hadn't done that, because he was worried about him not being somebody else, if he couldn't just accept who he was, then we wouldn't all have the amazingness that is him and right? how he teaches exactly. and the things he throws into dances to make them more fun. Mm-hmm. So you know, you and I might not be, you know, male superstar dancer X or female superstar dancer Y, but we are Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsulia. So. There we are, you know. Whatever that means for each of us, that's that's who we're going to be. And maybe somebody else will see that. And, and they can be their self as well. Yeah, exactly. Number nine. Remember where you came from. Think about and celebrate... Oh, this is interesting. Uh, think about and celebrate your ethnicity. Often we feel lost in a vast and complex world. There is a tremendous comfort in knowing your ethnic heritage. It gives you a history, a sense of place, a uniqueness that remains no matter what else is going on around you. Yeah, yeah I guess you could, take, you could take it ethnically. But if you didn't, uh, there would also be relevance there as well. Well, it, and it said, like, where you come from. Right. Yeah, that's what I looked at first too. as well. I mean, everybody came from beginner. Yes, we did. Everybody came from the basic dances and one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately since I heard the interview Max Max Wolcott yeah um, was you make the dances fun so if you struggle to make an easy line dance fun I mean you know the electric slide Almost everybody starts in with that dance, yep. or at least a dance similar to it. Mm-hmm. And 
to get back out on the dance floor and do that every once in a while and throw your own flair and see where you've come from, it's kind of a nice reminder that it's like, oh, wow, look at how much I've grown and I can still enjoy the little thing. And it kind of brings you to a place of being humble and nostalgia and as well as maybe even like which venue you came from. Mm. I mean, I started at Kodiak Jackson Petaluma forever ago and now they don't even exist. But here we are about to go to Stoney's in Sacramento. In a couple weeks, we're going to be in Las Vegas. And, you know, it's, it's nice to know that there's this whole world out there, but I still remember the first couple dances I ever learned and who I was with when I learned them and where I was. And it's just a sense of pride to know that I have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so. one, it's one of the things I take to uh, circuit as well, um, I, where I don't necessarily wear my boots anymore because they're just not comfortable to dance in the way they were when I was very kicky, stompy country. And that that was sort of like a middle place for me. I started out not knowing anything about line dance, so I didn't know how to dress for it or anything. And then little by little, I started getting more into country music as far as it was useful to me to dance to. And getting boots, buckles, jeans. I only had like a couple pairs of jeans before all this. Now I have probably like nine pairs or something. Uh, plaid shirts, uh, the hats. Now, I feel a lot less connected to all the countryside of, of line dance. Um, but, in bringing my hat to events and wearing it, it feels, I guess to some extent, you know, my plaid and whatnot as well, um, it's kind of a way to honor where I came from dance-wise, in line dance at least, because even though the dances I'm doing while wearing all that can be more like funky or pop or nightclub two-step and waltz, that might be what I'm doing and it might not be country music, but I feel like I haven't completely shed all of that because... Yeah, when we go to someplace like Stoney's, I might not be wearing my boots, but I can still tear up a you know, four on the floor, or oh, I'm trying to think what, because I wouldn't even, I, I don't even do fake ID so much these days, <laughs> but um, you could, <laughs> yeah, I, could, I guess. Country girl, shake it for me. There you Perfect go. example, because we were just doing that. Yeah, last night. Like I can still feel some of that kicky, but 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 you know that kind of thing. Um, at a country bar doing those dances while still being able to transition into what I feel more comfortable with now, which is the the selection of music at circuit events. Well, and to kind of go along with that too is my uh, dance experience and knowledge didn't start with line dancing either. I was, you know, ballroom and East Coast Swing and Lindy Hop and even just today while we were going over Take Me to the River, there was a couple movements in there that I was like, oh, this just this just reminds me of when I would do this dance, you know, swing dancing or something like that with how I was moving. And it's something also to be proud of that you were able to be able to take other styles 
and integrate them in to line dancing, but just dancing in general can be spread across. It doesn't have to just be one genre. Blackpool by the Sea almost reminds me of the music that we would use for my tap class back when I was like anywhere between the ages of three and ten. Yeah. Like that's the kind of show tune sort of a sound that we had way before I was doing line dance stuff. Right. All right, so that was number nine. Number ten. Oh, interesting. Okay, limit yourself to thinking about one subject as you lie down to sleep. Those who have a lot of anxiety let their thoughts shoot around from one subject to another as they try to go to sleep until, in a matter of minutes, they have created a virtual catalog of problems. With all these problems, you ask yourself, how can I possibly sleep? Tonight, as you are brushing your teeth, come up with something you'd like to think about when you slip under the covers. If other thoughts start to intrude, guide yourself back to that one subject. I have a thought response to this. What's yours? Oh, you first, please. Um, not getting overwhelmed with how many dances you are like kind of halfway good on and like uh, you just learned them that day if like for example we just did uh, some of the some of the recent ones that we just did were like the wildlife which I I couldn't reconstruct that right now if you asked me uh, but you know if I look at it again tonight or tomorrow and then and then replay it then I will be able to think it through in my head now that's where I am on that one. If I tried to think about that and like five other ones that I'm only like halfway or on or a quarter on, um, I would probably maybe get a little stressed out. Kind of like how the other day I was saying we learned so many dances and I don't even feel good about those full speed yet. How can I start a new dance? I haven't even gotten to do this one at like a club or a venue or in a space where it's out move. of my garage and <laughs> and I'm not going to bump into stuff. like. I, could, I didn't even feel like I wanted to take on new things yet because I wasn't even solid on my previous ones. Now, I can think through pieces and take me to the river and even New York to LA like from beginning to end. And Boys Like You, like yeah. slowly. I, could, I couldn't even do Boys Like You in my head at the beginning of today. But now no. that we've done it a couple times this afternoon slash evening, I feel more comfortable about that. And if there's one that I had to think about as I'm going to sleep tonight, maybe it would be something like Pump It, which I just now started to feel like really good about from beginning to end. If I just think about seven different ones, maybe I'd freak out a little bit. But having just one to focus on and think through and be like, the next time I do that, it'll be even faster and tighter and sharper. One is manageable. Yeah. Well, the kind of go along the same lines as that is, um, like, playing the song mm. of the one that you had just learned, like, um, it was last night or the night before when I was going to bed, I had one of the songs stuck in my head, so I was like, okay, well, if the song is stuck in my head, I might as well see what I can remember of the dance, mm. as opposed to worrying about the 30 or 40 more dances that I have to learn yeah. upcoming... You know, now it's kind of like, okay, all right, all right. I'm going over this one over and over and over again. Since it's already stuck in my head, I might as well as add the dance to it. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I was asleep. <laughs> Number 11, friendship beats money. If you want to know if people are happy, don't ask them how much money they have in the bank. Don't ask how large their take-home salary is. Ask them about their friends. 
I'm willing to go, I don't know about into debt, but very close to my <laughs> emergency fund um, by spending money on events this coming year. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, see how much intake versus outtake comes. Um, <laughs> but with that said, people love to talk about things that make them happy in the sense that like I mean you and I we talk about line dance all the time and even just last night um, my best friend had made a comment about like oh so you mean this person only talks line dance and I was like well just because I said they would like me doesn't mean that that's the only thing they talk about but um you know, I love sharing stories about my friends and my experiences. And I love being able to say, like, for instance, uh, when you were able to do that that demo of Funk and Feel It with Rachel, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people I was like, look, 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 look. And I was basically essentially bragging for you. And it's because, you know, it me- friends mean something to me. People in my lives mean something. So... You know, if you want to get to know someone and find out what makes them happy, the easiest thing, generally speaking, is the people who are closest to them. Another example, friendship, better than money. We have a friend coming with us to this upcoming event. I'm so excited. And the question of, (laughs) of money came up, and I would so much rather have... That Him friend there. of ours, yes, there, then worry like, oh, how much money would that even be? Like, uh, I don't know, enough to like go buy some frivolous thing at Target and like, nice. oh, I have to pass up on this chair. Uh, like, no, I don't care about like some thing or some money that I'm just going to end up making further down the line. Like, what if he moves to Canada in the next couple years or wherever, Singapore, I don't know. And we don't get to have that experience with him. I would much prefer to not have the money now and have that experience with him, our friend, oh, yeah. than, than have the money and never have that experience replicable again in the future. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, even last night, um, when it comes to dancing, I'm like, hey, so-and-so, you coming with me tonight? And they're like, I don't have any money. I was like, I didn't ask if you had any money. I asked if you're coming with me. Yeah. You know, it's it's the idea of if I have $5 to spare so I don't get that cup of coffee, you get to come dancing with me for like three or four hours. Let's go dancing. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what makes us happy. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go and do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, little, I guess, branched off specific topic, but still, yes. Number 12, have realistic expectations. Kind of goes with the comparing yourself to people who've been dancing for 20 years. Uh, People who are happy don't get everything they want, but they want most of what they get. In other words, they rig the game in their favor by choosing to value things that are within their grasp. 
also ref, uh, makes reference, I guess, it, or it connects to the spreadsheet of not learning every dance in the world, but we can get through these probably by the time of the event. People who find themselves dissatisfied in life often set unreachable goals for themselves, setting themselves up to fail. Yet people who set high goals for themselves and reach them are no happier than people who set and reach more modest goals. Whether you are assessing your position at work or your relationship with your family, don't begin with fantasy pictures of the world's richest person or the world's ideal family. Stay with reality and strive to make things better, not perfect. This also kind of relates to holy moly and work from home in that we're probably not going to learn these dances in 15 minutes just by looking at the demo at full speed. That would be nice. But, <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> but instead, if we must agonize over the step sheet and a slowed down YouTube version of the demo since there over. are you know, no easy... And over. Yeah. Like, and over. <laughs> no easy shortcuts to either of those. Um, then that can be our reasonable goals for ourselves. Like, if I can get these 32 counts by the end of these six hours then great. Well, there's that. Um, also, just in a more relevant, personal, that list of 84 dances. Mm. Just looking at 84 dances, 21 days, it was like, e-gads. Like, how am I ever going to get 84 dances in 21 days? And then I broke it down. I was like, okay, well, that's roughly like two to three a day. Okay, that's not bad that's a little bit more doable it's a little bit more doable and then it's just knowing the fact of like okay what is the priority mm. what is the ones I want to know yes 100% that like if I don't know this other one 100% that's okay yeah, everybody but, needs water breaks but this one dance I do not want to miss when they play it yeah. you know and putting those in your priority and understand like if you can get through 75% of this list, that's outstanding. Yep. And just know that, you know, you're not going to complete the list. If you do, then amazing, great, awesome. But at least if you give it a good try and you keep pushing through it and you understand that as long as you give the ones that you're learning your all, that is essentially winning and that is yep. accomplishing the goal because the goal is to know this one song because you don't want to miss it yep. it's kind of like that saying aim for the moon even if you miss you'll end right up among in the, the stars, stars. Yeah. yep alright so we have realistic expectations well, let's see I guess on the individual dance level I at this point give myself a lot more room to learn a dance over a space of days. I don't expect that the first time I... I don't even think like... If it's if it's more than like 48 counts, I just think about it like I, I'm putting this in my body for now. I'm just doing it once through. When I go to sleep tonight my subconscious and whatever my my short term to long term memory creation like that's going to do a lot of the work for me i don't need to know it right now i just need to do it once tomorrow i'm going to relearn it and hopefully it'll, some it'll of it will be familiar exactly yeah there will be some gaps but i will only have to learn what like a cumulative 16 counts worth of gaps and everything else is just like, oh, this feels right oh, somehow. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I yeah, this. that's the part where we do this weird part, and yeah. you know, it leads into that. 
Like, I don't expect 100% on most of these dances that we're doing now. Um, I just need to know that I've laid a foundation. Yeah. It's like they say, um, no matter how slowly you are running, like, you're still lapping everyone on the couch. Yes. Like, if I don't do the, the slow demo through once from beginning to end then I can never make it a faster go through the next day like I gotta start somewhere yeah even if I don't know it know it, it I'll eventually know it definitely ah oh, number 13 okay. got lots of stuff relevant to this be open to new ideas oh. never stop learning and adapting the world will always be changing if you limit yourself to what you knew and what you were comfortable with earlier in your life you will grow increasingly frustrated with your surroundings as you age <laughs> oh me oh my um yeah I could probably write a novel on this and the relevance to my line dancing experience alone yeah um gotta branch out from your comfort your comfort zone you've got to experience new things you'll never grow otherwise I know for a long time I was losing that passion that I knew I once had and that was still in me because I felt like is this really all there is is this really it and then thank my lucky stars you and I became as close as we have because you just totally blew the roof off and opened the doors and was like, no, let me show you, let me show you. And ever since then, you know, what? Just yesterday we learned, what, five or six dances the day before, same thing. And, you know, going to different venues allowed me to learn new things and experience more and The concept of slow line dances was new to me until just a year ago with Skinny Love. Never would have thought. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I could do a waltz line dance? Mm -hmm. What? What is this? And so with new ideas, there's... Like, let's say you are the selector of music and dances at a venue. Yes. It might be a good idea to look at what other people are doing at nearby venues and maybe introduce some new dances to your repertoire so that the people who show up every week aren't just learning God Bless Texas, Watermelon Crawl, Copperhead Road, Electric Slide, etc. It might be good to consider new dances, period. And then, beyond that, maybe new genres of music. Because there's some among some people there's a conflict between like if you're a country specific venue like do we keep it to country music is it weird doing I like it loud with let's get loud that's not a country song Uh, even chill factor I mean chill factor is to a non-country song last night by Chris Anderson and how much non-country is okay and if people are liking it if people want to dance to it can you be open to new music and then, can you be open to teaching phrased dances? If what people are used to is just the same 32 counts over and over till the end of the song, 
that's fine. But it kind of knocked me out of my socks doing fake ID. That was, I think that was my first AB dance. Yep, same. Yeah, like, that was a new idea for me. And I remember being so, like, proud of that, too. Yeah. Because it was such a new and, you know, out-of-the-box dance for me that when I got that, I felt like a million dollars. So, yeah, as the dancer, it might be good to be open to new styles of dance and, you know, ideas about what counts as a line dance. And then as a teacher, you might want to be open to new ideas about how to explain things to people, even if you know it's not, like, technically... I don't know, you buy the counts or whatever. One really cool thing I like that Rachel does um, is sometimes when she's counting through her steps, she'll just put like a... I can't really roll my R's, but she does. Um, Because that's kind of the motion your body is making. Okay. So um, Roy does the same thing. He does sound effects. He has... uh, You know, he might do a go-through with numbers and he might do a go-through with words... But then sometimes he'll just do like one and two and bum bum ba, or um, in or forever his hands in the air. I love that part, and it's it's maybe personal to you as a dancer, and you create these things on your own. But if you are at somebody else's workshop, being open to adopting some of those styles for your own teaching. Um, if you're a venue owner, then maybe bringing in new music. Um, if you are an event creator, then maybe bringing in instructors you hadn't considered before. Yeah. Um, if you thought, well, I know all these people from the U.S. because they've been doing it here for many, many years, maybe think about bringing in some of the younger international instructors, like yeah. the um, the ones who were in Chicago, like all uh, Jose and um, Daniel Trapat. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, like... Some folks that might not be huge on the radar here, but over there, they're bringing in new styles and new um, new ideas about yeah. dance that your dancers, even if they're not used to it, might enjoy. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, definitely one as a venue or as an instructor, finding out where else in the area they do different dances will benefit so much because not only will you be able to teach something that can be done at more than just your place so Mm -hmm. if someone does go somewhere else they'll be like oh I know this dance I learned it at such and such place by so and so that also gets your place out there and your name out there so that if someone at this other venue wants to come and check out your place they're like, oh, well, they do this one dance that I like. I know that much because this person learned it there. Mm -hmm. So it kind of builds a better business foundation, too. Yeah, looking at it uh, non-competitively but cooperatively. Exactly. It's frustrating to go to a place and request a dance that you know is done 20 minutes away, and they say, oh, no, we don't do that one here. Yeah. It's not just we haven't taught it here before or we've never seen it before. It's we know about it. We just don't play it. Like... I don't know why that's the case. It's just how it is, I guess. Yeah. But if you played it, maybe some people here know it and would do it, and they would be happy. Right. That seems like what you're going for as a venue. 
I guess they business? have their reasons. Yeah. But being open to those new ideas can benefit everybody. Oh, yeah, exactly. Number 14, share with others. Oh, line dancers are so good at this. Share with others how important they are to you. Relationships are built on mutual appreciation, and there is no better way to show that appreciation than to tell someone how much you care. And I see that all over the place after events where they'll go paragraph upon paragraph tagging people saying, here's a memory I have of something you did that added to my experience here. Like, thank you such and such for mentoring me. Thank you, event manager, for inviting me this year. Thank you to these dancers who came from my hometown to support me. Like, they're, they're very good about sending that back out. Elliot also is amazing at spotlighting people. Oh, gosh, yeah. With, you know, uh, p- photos and then specific stories that can only have come from his interactions with that one person. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, that's so... The other thing is, to go off of that one, like, knowing certain things that people like too for instance um i know a lot of our socal people will see stuff that you and i are doing it and they'll tag someone they know in it being like oh look it's a new fred whitehouse dance (laughs) you need to learn this and you know that person then will be like thanks so much you know like i didn't even know this dance existed or um even just the hey I'm struggling with this part. Can you help me? And then when they help you, you you know, turn around and be like, "Thank you so much." I mean, I can't tell you how many, how many times I've had the opportunity to just thank someone for taking five minutes out of their day to walk me through something. And you know, it's it's definitely a good feeling when you get that thank you as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, even complimenting, I think, Elliot's dance, you know, I, I was like, I really liked the way his closer dance turned out, and so I commented as saying how, how much I'm looking forward to, to learning it, and then he turns around and says, wow, I'm like really honored that you feel that way with the dancer you are, and it was like, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> You know, line dancers definitely spread the love. That's for sure. Yep. Number 15, if you're not sure, guess positively. Unhappy people take a situation in which they are not sure and come to a negative conclusion. For example, if they aren't certain why another person is being nice, they assume that the person must have a hidden selfish agenda. Happy people take that same situation and guess the positive possibility. That is, that the person really is nice. Line dancing really is for everyone. <laughs> like, I mean, it, there is something for everyone. But um, I, it rang true to me when you were saying that. Like, there's a quote that somebody I know uses. If you answer my question with, I don't know, my response will be, pretend you do. <laughs> pretend you do know. And with that also relevant to line dancing is the get out there and attempt it and give it whatever fun you got. And I mean, it's oh well if you 
mess up a wall or mess up a move or anything like that. I mean, have fun, be positive with it because chances are you could get out there and really be good at it. You could really enjoy yourself. You could actually learn the dance on the dance floor. It is possible. So, you know, don't say no. This is never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to get this dance if you don't even try. It's totally worth it. I don't know, what about you? For me, I was thinking, like, Facebook, when... Let's say you you message some... Like, okay, let's say you're in a situation where you compliment a person because you think they're amazing at this or that thing and they don't reply and you're not sure why and you like might might think to yourself oh like they don't like me or something maybe they don't see themselves that same way and they're not sure how to take it and they don't want to acknowledge that you've said anything because then isn't there like something like that in mean girls where Somebody says, like, oh, you look really pretty or whatever in that. And then they say thank you and they say, oh, so you think you look really pretty? Like, sometimes, I don't know, people don't know how to acknowledge somebody else saying something nice to them. It's so rather true. than think, oh, I guess they don't have time for my, they don't have time to reply or they don't care about what I've said, maybe they really just don't know how to take that. Like, they don't think they're amazing or whatever uh, because they've got other life struggles and they, well, yeah. they don't know, they don't they can't accept any of that love that's heading in their direction. Yeah, which I have a personal experience with some of the people I know trying to let them know that they are amazing line dancers. They oh, are yeah. amazing dancers and they're like, "Shut up. No, I'm not. I'm nowhere go- near as good as X, Y, and Z." And it's like, uh, "You're good. You're really good. Why won't you just take the compliment?" <laughs> So that would be a case of, like, guessing positively, where it's not that they don't like you or or they don't want to talk to you. It's that they don't even, they can't even process what it is that you said, and maybe it's affecting them emotionally in a way that's overwhelming for them, so they, they can't even say anything. Yeah. Minor technical difficulties after the last question. The last question was about guessing positively, and we were about to start number 16, believe in yourself. The little subtext here was, or the the text underneath, I guess that would be in a way, if you define it that way, it would be like, anyway, um, it's underneath the title, it says, don't write yourself off, if you don't believe in yourself, you won't be able to function. Believe in yourself in line dance. Your thoughts. My thoughts. Believe in yourself. So to fill in those listening now on the events of the past few hours. So we went to... This is like a major time warp for anybody who's listening. (laughs) But um, the batteries died in the recorder. We didn't know that. And the last five questions, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, we already answered, but only in our own lovely conversation with each other. Which is great, but none of it's on record, so we're going to have to kind of re, uh, re-examine our thoughts on these questions. Uh, also, we did go dancing 
at Stoney's Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento. It was amazing. It was a very successful night. Absolutely. Totally worth the drive. We even did levels. That's not done like anywhere around here. But there were a whole bunch of people from the Lower Bay Area who danced down there. And they came up and a lot of them knew it. So, yeah, that was great. I met some new friends. So, yeah, happy about that. Believe in yourself. You might actually... Oh, hey, Amanda was talking about this. You might know a dance better than you think you do. Ooh. If you have done it at least once, even if it was a long time ago, and you're thinking about sitting it out, just just give it a couple walls, maybe try it out, and see how many of the gaps you can fill in just from muscle memory. Because if you're doing it on the sidelines and you are watching it and thinking it, it might not come as naturally as if you were actually physically doing it. Then your body might just do it for you without you knowing that you're doing it. So give your body the benefit of the doubt and test it out for a couple walls. It may just come back to you by the third wall. Yeah, this is very true. Um, I know... There's been several times for me in which whether I'm learning a dance or I've spent time on it already and now I'm trying to review it or even just try to dance it, um, there's that quick hesitation of the, well, how bad do I know this? How, 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 how well is this? Is this going to turn out well? And then, you know, I kind of do the, uh, you seize the moment, get out there, do it and give it a try, you know, fight for it, sink or swim, and, you know, more often than not, I feel pretty good about that, but when it comes to believing in yourself is getting out there and having that courage to attempt new things is a huge thing with line dancing. dancing in general, getting out there and trying to express yourself and finding yourself through that allows you to believe more in yourself as well. True. Yeah, it creates like a, like a positive feedback loop or like a, a virtuous cycle or circle or whatever it's called where like if you kind of test it out, if you're, if you're not really sure whether somebody's going to like your flair or your variations and then they give you some positive reinforcement for that, then you feel good, and then you want to do it more, and then, like, the physically louder you do it, the maybe the more people will see how much you're enjoying it, and then you get more positive reinforcement, people saying, like, hey, thanks for just, like, giving your all out there. You look like you're having a great time. I had a better night because of that. Oh, yeah. And you'll just become more yourself, as you're saying. Um, I guess a big thing in that is It's okay to make mistakes too. Um, that if you believe in yourself enough, that you can get it next wall, even not, not, not even necessarily next time you dance it, but just next wall you can get you can get the whole thing. Um, that's a big thing too. The next one, so number seventeen, is don't believe in yourself too much. Believing in yourself means thinking you are a capable person, not that you will never make a mistake. 
Don't think that because you are a talented person you cannot learn from others, or you should never be criticized, or others want to know how highly you think of yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely... If anything... I mean, I've definitely gained a huge amount of acceptance and confidence of myself through dancing. However, I am fully aware that I will miss dances. I will not remember ones that I've learned, that I've spent hours learning. I will miss restarts. I'm going to make mistakes. It happens. And it happens to everyone. And to remember that, that you are not above even the simplest of mistakes, um, is a good way to stay humble mm-hmm. and also kind of still keep you feeling a part of things because I know people who are like, oh yeah, no, I'm, you know, the big cat, I'm, I'm the best here and, you know, I'm the leader and it's like, okay, yeah, you, you're human too. The long-winded answer I gave earlier that I'll summarize (laughs) um, and also has an addendum to it now Mm. um, is you're not like let's say you're trying to become a teacher or choreographer or something like that and you believe that you're like the bee's knees you're like the best thing since sliced bread and you feel entitled to a top marquee position at one of the major events, but you don't actually know what it takes to be an instructor at that level um, because you've only ever taught locally and your friends cut you a lot of slack when you make mistakes that slow everyone down or waste people's time. Um, like Sometimes they aren't willing to point out where you can use improvement, so you, you have an overinflated view of yourself as an instructor or a choreographer and then when you make it up to a level where you're in front of more people you then have more people who may be willing or maybe uh, there's a higher likelihood that a percentage of them will be willing to tell you what you can do that will work best for their styles of learning for example this may hurt your feelings because you believe in yourself so much that you think no I'm already the best like you can't tell me anything Uh, you can learn more always and it would be also helpful to have um, respect for the people who are where they are and know how much it took for them to get there Yes. and and realize that they have seen and solved problems that you haven't ever encountered in your tiny venue uh, which is why they are able to teach at their level because they can solve any kind of problem within you know, a few seconds having already dealt with that problem sometime in the last 20 years yeah so you still need to do the work you can believe in your capacity to do the work but if you haven't actually done that work you are not entitled to just whatever you feel you deserve based on your view of yourself yeah also that goes for um, if you're learning dances and 
think, oh, I'm good at learning dances. That's my, that's my self-image. I learn dances quickly. I am a smart, talented, amazing person. If you find a dance that is difficult for you to learn, that does not make you less of a person. Like, you're not less good of a dancer or whatever. You just found one that challenges you in a new way, and you still need to do the work of learning it as though you had to go back in time to the first time you ever learned a line dance. So you can believe in yourself, again, in your capacity to take on the challenge and drill yourself a bunch of times, go over it, go over it, think about it in new ways, and then eventually get it. But don't expect that you're just going to get it the first time because the last dance you learned, you got the first time. Yeah. Like, there will be newer, more challenging, weird, other style dances that you encounter in line dance, and you're going to have to work for those just like you worked for your first few. Number 18. Don't face your problems alone. A little paragraph underneath this says, Problems can appear to be unsolvable. We are social creatures who need to discuss our problems with others, whether it be those who care about us most or those who have faced the same problems we have. When we are alone, problems fester. By sharing, we can gain perspective and find solutions. Okay. I do remember this one. Um, I remember mentioning how uh, you and me learning together definitely is hugely helpful because of the fact that, like, when we're struggling through the dance, there'll be spots in which you will have down and I will have down, but the other person not so much, so we can kind of fill in each other's gaps yep. um, and really just kind of learn together, um, as well as when you were in Chicago, you weren't able to teach uh, one of the nights, and so I had offered to fill in for you. And then we had to figure out a dance for me to teach. And I had decided on I'm Calling Dibs by our friend Camille Sheardown. And after that, I had gone to her and asked her for her input about certain techniques that she has found helpful um, in teaching this dance or where people struggled so that it would be easier for me to teach her dance that night. So... It's definitely helpful having people in your life that share the love of line dance because when certain problems come up, you can go to them and get help. Yep. And I believe the example that I had was on Facebook, seeing people helping each other with common problems that instructors have, like um, gaining more beginners, getting more beginners into your class, keeping the beginners interested um, so that they become intermediate and then get addicted because the addiction is really like that. It's there. Yeah. Once you get to a certain point, you're not leaving. <laughs> so getting to that point, that, that can be a challenge. And it's also a challenge that many people have already solved for their own classes. Having that communication lets you solve that problem yourself with your own class quicker and as I mentioned before you're going to have problems all along the path from here till the end of the time that you are dancing or teaching or choreographing but by applying somebody else's solution you can get to the next problem faster 
so that you don't get stuck on one longer than necessary. If you solve that one and move on to the next one and sort of catch up to where everybody else is on the problem that they're, they're getting stuck at, then you can make it a lot farther down your journey or further down your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Number 19 is, as I turn on my light here, age is not to be feared. Yay. Older people are as happy as younger people. While they must make accommodations for age, seniors often report serene satisfaction with their life. Personally, I have learned that line dancing is for everyone of all ages, for sure. Um, I know my own personal experience with uh, wine country line dance has come to prove to me that it doesn't matter how young, how old, what walk of life you're currently on or anything you can go somewhere and feel like family. Everyone there, all ages, has the same love and happiness and passion for dancing. And it's just, it's family. I like knowing that way down the line in my dance journey, there will still be dances there waiting for me that maybe right now, don't feel like the most appropriate for how I want to express myself, but I'll be really happy that those are there for me to learn so that those will still push me to what my limits will be then. Oh yeah. And that may scale back further and further as my body inevitably changes, but as long as I still get that same feeling of, wow, I just like barely got through that, this is a good sweaty feeling. It might not have as many turns or stomps or kicks or anything like that, but really all I'm after is the feeling and then, you know, being there with friends and whatnot. And uh, the, the longer you're in this, the more memories you'll have of, hey, do any of us still remember Tumbleweed from Kodiaks? Like, you'll have more opportunities as you get older to look back fondly on dances that you might have forgotten. And... Something I didn't mention the, the first time around recording this uh, was how much more you can play with the dance when you've been doing it for 20 years or longer, like the Beast, compared to when you're younger and you've only been dancing for like five years. You can only do so many things with the new ones that you've done. Uh, having that age under your belt gives you a lot more time to explore the dances that you know. This is very true. Yeah. So you can you can definitely expand the breadth of knowledge you have, like as far as just sheer numbers of dances, but that also gives you a lot of time to go deep into each one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Number twenty, well, this one took us a while to figure out something for it. Develop a household routine. I won't even go into the paragraph that's underneath that, because I think we ended up coming up with something for this. Develop a household routine laundry. Yes, I think it was laundry because uh, you need clean clothes to go dancing in, that's for sure. If you leave it up to when you happen to do the laundry, you may find that you don't have any outfits that are 
brand spanking new clean for going out, you may just have the least dirty of your dirty clothes. And if you just have a set day every week, that's that gives you some padding days away from when you'll probably go dancing, then you'll know they're, the, the dances or the, the um, clothes are ready for you to go dancing. It's like when you fill up the tank on your car. Like, if you wait until you're near empty, you're playing a very dangerous game with adventures <laughs> because you might have a great opportunity to go out someplace, but then you only make it so far before you have to refill, and then, you know, maybe that changes how you caravan with other people on your road trip and it throws everything all off. If there's a, a just a day every week, whether you're at a quarter tank or three quarters tank, or if you've barely used any gas at all, if you refill every Sunday, you know that Monday you're going to be doing fine. Yeah. So with, with your dance clothes and accessories, if there is just a set day when you know everything is good to go, maybe it's like Wednesday before anything really gets going, then you know you're good for the rest of the weekend. Planning out your meals so you have energy to keep dancing. Oh, that's so smart. <laughs> yes. That's another huge one. Yes. That's definitely... You gotta have those adult responsibilities so you can have fun. Yeah, because if, sure. if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't need to eat that much today. I don't have anything planned. I'm not gonna be going out anywhere crazy. I'll just have, like, this juice. And then somebody says, let's go someplace and do all these fun things. You're gonna burn out real quick. And... Having that set, like, it's this time of day, I should eat a hearty lunch. I should have a breakfast. I should do things that normal adult people do in, like, those Richard Scary books, like, what do people do all day? Like, there are things you can just do every day to make you ready for anything. That way, when opportunity knocks, you're all set. There's also the wonderful thought process of if you're trying to go to an event, uh, rice for Rachel or Roy. Would you like to explain what that means? <laughs> I don't know. That one was yours, hon. <laughs> okay. Well. I love it, though. I think it's brilliant. I mean, it has helped me manage my funds better. Um, the whole saving for a rainy day concept, but applied toward line dance. When you don't have anything on the horizon and money's just sitting there in your account, you might think, I'll go out to this restaurant I've never been to and like just order whatever I want, whatever. And oh my friends here, I guess, you know, maybe we'll we'll get a couple drinks or whatever. Just just kind of throwing money around because you have nothing. Or in my case, coffee. Or yeah, in your case, coffee. Like <laughs> you don't think about it because there's nothing that you can immediately see the money being used for. But in the dance world, especially as the addiction grows stronger, you start seeing these events pop up, and you want to go to them because you've never been to them before, or you went last year and you absolutely need to go this year as well. And now that there's something to save for. And you have people that you you really want to see, namely Rachel and Roy. Rachel and Roy, Rachel McEnany White, and Roy Hedisabroto, a couple of our faves. Yes. Um, you start seeing those expenditures that you could make, and 
and you start quantifying that in terms of like, well, I could get this and this and the other thing, or I could see such and such person at this event sooner than waiting until April. This could help pay for my flight or my lodging or the event itself or any other number of things, food at the event. Which falls back into my, if you plan out your meals. Yep. If you do the home meal thing, if you make Rice. coffee at home, as opposed to spending hundreds of dollars a month on fast food or coffee or restaurants, you can do all of this at home. Yep. You can save money that way. That would yep. be a great routine to get into. Oh, yeah, and it's so easy, like, if you're careless about it, to just be out and about and, like, whoops, I didn't eat anything today and I don't have time to go home and get food that I already own to go to my next thing. I'll just eat at whatever's closest, which is expensive, which you can't afford because you want to go to the next big event. Exactly. If you have that in mind, then you can microwave whatever your thing is and pack it in your your thermos lunchbox and be ready and have all of that cost like $3 total rather than spend $20 on what amounts to the same amount of nutrition because you didn't plan. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, if anybody else wants to use that mnemonic line, look online. Rachel and Roy are amazing. So many of them are. Totally legit mnemonic. Yeah, whoever yours happens to be, (laughs) maybe... Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, they're a good one. Um, You do food for Fred. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There you go. Or... um, hmm, I'm trying to think if anybody has a... Oh, yeah, if you're a fan of Linda McCormick, you can have lentils for Linda. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so next next chapter here is... uh, Number 21, who is interesting. I think I'll go with the, the little paragraph under it for this. Number 21 is don't be overprotective. None of us wants our loved ones to experience any harm, but we have to let them lead their lives. Spending our time worrying and trying to prevent them from doing what they want is a real risk in itself and will keep us worrying all the time. I have a couple for this. Go ahead. Well, I have a couple in the sense of when I first started traveling longer distances than the 15 to 20 minute drive to the local bar to go dancing, I had a couple people concerned and expressed said concern for how much I'm driving, how little I'm sleeping about what I'm doing about as soon as I leave for work and then I have to work early the next morning and what effect it's having on me and all the possible negative things in which I told them it was 100% worth it. I was getting enough sleep and I was eating plenty. You know, it makes me happy. So that's a huge thing. Um, Another thing is when I first got back into line dancing at Mavericks I had a particular individual in my life that constantly was like why are you going to the bar why are you going out dancing you always have to go dancing and and I don't uh, you know what if something happens and it was kind of like well I'm happy when I'm dancing so I'm gonna go dancing so there's some 
other things, but <laughs> those are the two big ones. So the two that came to mind for me, one is sometimes you need to let people do their variations. Even if you know whatever you know about dance technique, and it's fine if you want to you know, gently tell them stomping like that, because as people told me last year, stomping like that long term might hurt your joints. Um, you're going to want those knees when you get older. Uh, maybe tone it down just a little bit. I, I, I received that, that advice and that information. And eventually, after not even that long, maybe a couple months, I sort of came to that same... Conclusion? Yes. Like, I, it wasn't hurting me yet. And it's, I might, everything feels fine. I feel perfectly healthy. But I'm glad that people were looking out for me. I'm also glad they gave me the breathing space to to have to come to that in my own time and decide this is something I want to do for a long time. I know myself well enough to to realize that. I think if I'm able to find ways to express that same sort of aggression or power that you get from the kicking and stomping of typical country bar movements but maybe instead in the form of like popping and locking or doing like a quick spin and then a stop and then a quick spin the other way you can still feel that muscle resistance but you don't have to hurt yourself doing it so it is helpful to let people know when you think they're going to do something that will actually hurt them um, but in there's ways as, to go about it exactly as they're saying you know, don't be overprotective don't huff and puff and say it makes me so upset every time you do that I think you're going to break your neck like you're going to stress out a person by telling them that and then they might enjoy dancing less and then they're just going to dance boring and then they're not going to like it like you got to just let people experiment and yeah maybe they'll they'll do it after like three variations doing it that way they'll be like okay I'm bored of this I'm going to try a new thing and maybe the new thing is actually safer and better for them let them yeah. find that on their own. Yeah, you can you can express your concern without being mean. Yes. Also, regarding variations, getting abstract. If you look at the dance as being a living entity of its own, sometimes I know that some people are like purists about doing vanilla all the time. Don't mess with it too much. Um, that's also fine. It's, it's good to respect how the choreographer originally set it down. And as we've mentioned before, it's not really a variation if you don't know how to do it the original way. Yeah. You, you should be making the choice. Here is the way I know that it actually is. And here's how I feel like doing it here engaged in the present moment. Then you're doing a variation. If you're just doing it wrong because you learned it wrong and you're telling everybody, no, this is how you do it, then you're just wrong. But um, if you if you have the choice, let's say let's say the dance is a living thing, and it likes being done by people. If you go around telling everybody, don't do any variations on this, they might get bored. They might not do the dance anymore if that's all they're limited to. And then the dance goes extinct, and it becomes sad and vanishes. If the dance is given a little extra life by having a new song set with it, or 
maybe a couple people put a little spin where there's normally just a quarter turn, like that keeps the dance alive. So you might be thinking you're protecting it by telling people not to mess with it, but you might also be killing it because people don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Seeing it only in that one limited way. Yeah. Number 22, pay attention. You may have what you want. Gratitude sort of thing. We often forget to sit down and think about where we started and where we are now. The human tendency is to always want more. A better approach is to remember where you started and appreciate how much you have accomplished. Uh, kind of along the lines of some of the things we've already answered. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know uh, tonight was a, a perfect example of kind of going out there and remembering that like the dance stroking you know it's one of those that I learned forever ago and got out there and and, you know danced it tonight and had fun with it and had a couple little variations here and there and just you know really played with it and it was kind of like yeah okay I remember this I think it was like following I don't know was it more dessert or something like that like so it was like one of the more advanced dances that I know and then I go to stroke in and I had just as much fun and it was definitely a good feeling in the sense of like I still can enjoy this dance this is still a good dance you know I had fun with it and so instead of necessarily I mean don't get me wrong I am all about learning as much as I can. Um, Still remembering to appreciate what you already know, too, is big. Yeah, that's actually a really good example you made with uh, more dessert, because I, I, with that, haven't really played with it very much. Mm -hmm. So doing it tonight, doing it vanilla, it felt very similar to... You know, many times I've done it before because I do it the same way every time, more or less. Like, I still enjoy it because um, I can, you know, navigate the motions of it now in a way that I couldn't, like, the first two times I did it, let's say. But I definitely felt very present and engaged for Stroken because I was doing something different every wall, mm-hmm. which I was not doing with more dessert. It's very easy to go into autopilot when you're not playing with a dance. And I probably I probably did that during one of the part A's of more dessert, like let's say three A's into it. Mm-hmm. You're just doing the same A. At least B, you're doing like the claps. I like that, that whole part. <laughs> um, but yeah, just not doing anything with it, not playing with it any differently. They all kind of run together, like this time versus any other time I've done it. Stroking can't remember the last time I did it before tonight and this is right. probably the most fun I've ever had with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. And it's that whole, you know, you already had this dance mm-hmm. in your, you know, in your body basically, in your mind that, you know, it can still bring you so much happiness. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until, as we were mentioning much earlier today, 
Chicago and seen Rachel put variations on things that I would not have considered. Um, that like now it kind of opens up all these new ways to look at dances that I had just kind of closed the door on more or less just because they're not done anywhere and I didn't feel like bringing them back like it's it's the same one I've done how many times since Kodiak's but now with like the example of electric slide last night and then stroking tonight Mm -hmm. now who knows what I could have done with so many yeah I mean like like you and the girls do with tailgate oh yeah (laughs) like some of these go back a long ways and I just never thought to do anything with them yeah so instead of saying oh the, the last dance I knew I already I already know the last one I learned I've already explored better learn a new one now now I can start looking at my catalog and be like which one haven't I done in a while what can I do with this exactly all right let's see next one is Interesting. We might need to think interpret this one. Uh oh. Slightly. Number twenty-three. Don't let your religious beliefs fade. Religion can show us the way in a world in which bad things happen. It can teach us that much of what we see is so complex we cannot understand why and how it occurred. Okay, so Here's a fun thing. I had a conversation with someone recently who was talking about religion. Mm-hmm. And what he had expressed to me was his religion or his version of, and I'm using this very air quotes, uh, God, mm-hmm. is simply as black and white as right and wrong doesn't necessarily have to be more than that for certain people. Now, obviously, with that said, there is tons of different things out there, different beliefs. And for me, my personal belief has always been, if you're putting good into the world, who am I to judge you? I can only support you. So if we're playing this with line dance, mm-hmm. it's still along the lines of if you're still putting positive energy out there, if you're being true to yourself and you're not hurting anybody, I, you know, I want to encourage you to keep dancing. I want to encourage you to do your variations. I want to encourage you to explore new things and possibly choreograph that dance that you've been too afraid of doing, but you've still had that desire to do. So, yes, that would be my interpretation. Okay. I guess if you get to, like, the core of some of the things that I was brought up with, a big, a big tenet, a central tenet of it is the whole do unto others golden rule bit. Mm-hmm. And also putting kindness first, always. So you might have whatever new notions you have about like things that you've picked up along the way of how things should be or how people should be how dances should be done but two things to remember 
are, am I delivering this message to this dancer in the way I would like to receive it? Or am I just trying to achieve the outcome I want regardless of how they feel? If you really put yourself in their position and you ask yourself like, am I doing this for their good or for my good? If I were them, would I want to hear what I would be hearing if I were receiving the information that I want to give them? Um, if you say to yourself, oh no, gosh, if somebody said that to me, I, I'd feel like I was being judged or put on the spot or like I wasn't good enough the way I already was, I, I wouldn't feel very accepted or welcomed into this community. I would feel like there's some kind of barrier to my entry and I don't think I'd like that very much might make you rethink the way that you try to tell them what you were about to tell them regarding what you think should or should not be done. Also, the put kindness first, like if you have a choice between saying something and maybe it's not really that important that you voice it or being kind and having them feel all those nice feelings that you would like yourself, like being welcomed, being accepted, maybe you can hold your tongue on whatever the thing you think you were going to say was and just kind of let it be. If it continues to be a problem, like if they're not practicing dance floor etiquette, like tonight there were a couple people who were having a great time. They weren't doing the line dances. <laughs> they were dancing. Uh, they were just near the line dancers. Um, that, There's a word. Yeah. That That is all... See, for me, it's like with with a fly, whenever a fly is buzzing around and I'm in a like social setting, I would rather have the fly land on me because I can deal with it. I don't really mind it. And at least it's not on somebody else. If it lands on somebody else, they might try to kill it. I don't want that to happen. I just want it to go about doing its fly livelihood and maybe it'll find a window in a few minutes. Who knows? Like, I'd rather have that be on me. Tonight, I was very near, since I was on the back wall, I was very near some of the folks who were doing all that, and I'm glad that it was me, because it doesn't bother me. I can navigate around them. I wasn't drinking or anything, so, like, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to bump into them. Like, no, I'm, I don't really do the whole drink and dance thing, because I know that it would throw off my navigation, and no matter what they do, I would have been able to navigate around their feet, or their bodies, so... With that in mind, I didn't mind them doing it for a couple dances, and yeah, they weren't doing it for every dance, so it wasn't an issue. I didn't have to say anything. Security was not necessary, and everyone had a good time. That really should be the ultimate outcome for the venue and the whole crowd is everybody should have their own version of their good time. And if that means they're not doing the line dance, so be it. Like, they're, they're following the beat of their own drum. Great. Yeah. Let's see. Next question is question 24. It is, oh yeah, do what you say you are going to do. Nothing kills progress or deadens enthusiasm more than someone who talks but never follows through. It is crucial in both your home life and your work life that you stay focused and committed to whatever you say you will do. I got a couple for this. Well, let's go ahead and you first. All right. One of them 
super easy. If you're teaching at an event, if you're teaching at your local bar, show up. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> let, really let people good start. know if you're going to be late. Be on time if you can. Um, and the other one, while you're giving your lesson, if you say, okay, this time we're going to do it with the counts. Rock, recover, coaster, st- said you were going to do it with the counts, you'd do it with the counts. If you're going to, if you're going to talk it through, do it the talk it through. You can throw somebody off by saying you're going to do it one way and then halfway through switching to the other. That'll make them feel frustrated. That'll make them maybe walk off the dance floor. Just something as small as that. Say you're going to do it this way, follow through on doing it that way. Then people have trust in you as an instructor and they'll want to keep taking your lessons. Very true. I know some of it has to do for me with the idea of traveling a lot and saying I'm going to be somewhere and even though it might be a long day for me and driving an extra hour and 40 minutes um you know, might be not necessarily the most convenient thing. When I've already told someone I'm going to be there, it's kind of important for me to be there. Yep. Kind of along the same lines of, uh, you know, showing up as an instructor. Um, Maybe not necessarily as a professional uh, courtesy, but more a personal courtesy. As well as, it's a good way to hold yourself accountable. For instance, I told myself I was going to go over at least two dances a day between now and November. And one of the ways I have ensured that is I'm holding myself accountable by posting them um, for people to see. So I feel like if I don't post something, then I haven't done it, and I feel like I didn't follow through with what I said I was going to do. So. A couple more. Choreographers, if you, some, if you write something into your step sheet, make that also the thing that you teach. Because yes. it will confuse people. If you teach things a certain way... And in your step sheet, you're not saying that. Because either way, like if if you're trying to do things one way because it's easier, like you don't want to have to describe all the things that are actually happening. If you're just taking that shortcut, then people are going to get confused. They might teach it to their students in whatever way your step sheet says it or in whatever way they learned it when you were there live in person doing the lesson. One way or another, you're going to end up with some dysfunction on the dance floor with people doing it the two different ways. Also, if you say you're going to teach a certain lesson that night, people may come based on that lesson. If you then decide you want to do something else completely different, they may feel, the people who show up may feel upset because maybe they drove a long way specifically to take that lesson and then they find out, oh, I already know this. I could have come a half hour later. Or this is way beyond my skill level. Like... I'm just going to be sitting watching this whole time. Whatever it might be, if you say you're going to teach that, then 
please teach that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number 25. Turning the page here. All right. Hold up our far here. Aha. Number 25. Don't be aggressive with your friends and family. Even if you are right, there is nothing to be gained from letting yourself become adversarial with your loved ones. Remember how much more important these people are to you than is the issue you are talking about. I have some uh, ideas, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit trickier uh, with line dance per se. A lot of people have a lot of different views on like what a dance is or what a, a dance, how a dance should be taught or, um, you know, just how it should be danced in general. And there is that, like you were saying earlier, is how you're wording something, something you would want to hear. Um, and you know, telling someone they're wrong or their dance is inadequate or something to that extent is definitely uh, something better left unsaid, in my opinion, or at least worded differently. Um, and just understanding that certain styles and certain variations and for certain techniques are not for everyone doesn't mean that they are wrong I guess and for me the first thing that came to mind politics on Facebook yeah that yeah. too yeah because one of the things I love about line dance is how equalizing it is and it's totally blind to political affiliation or favorite kind of music nation of origin like none of that stuff matters when you're all doing the same dance together recently I saw on Facebook somebody say or do some political thing and somebody else a figure in the dance community who probably well, I don't want to say should know better but they made the politics more important than the person and the unity and they said something that very clearly divided the two of them on opposite sides of the line. And as an instructor, you definitely, you should not do that if you want to maintain a class. Um, like those might not be your students, but they are still students. And like, we're all dancers together whatever our role is that's one of the first questions I usually have in, in these podcast interviews is like what is your major role like what, what do you consider yourself and there's so many like there's DJ instructor choreographer dancer um, venue owner uh, 
event manager, like so many different things. And whatever you are, when we're at an event, we're all together. Like we're all some part of it together. When we all go home, we all do our own separate thing, and that's fine. It's a, it's if, if politics are important to you, that's great. But you're, if you're dividing that line, if you're making that that separation between you and somebody else more important than the kindness and the unity and the blindness to all that difference, then you are going to make yourself an island and unhappy in the long run. Yeah. And I don't think it's worth it. It might feel good in the moment. It's like, haha, I stood up for team blue or red or purple or whatever your team is. And maybe it makes you feel closer with that team. But ideally, especially in the line dance community, we're all on the same team. Yeah. That's how it feels when we're out there. So the, as, as they phrase it in the question, you know, the aggression is, is something that we, I think, could easily avoid if we keep the dance mentality with us wherever we are, even off the floor. If, like I was saying before uh, with leaving Vegas last year and thinking like if we're like when we're all together for that many days and you just see everybody around you as a fellow line dancer and you have that connection with everybody then seeing people on the road just outside the hotel even if they like make an abrupt stop or whatever you think oh it's one of my dance people you know you cut them so much slack because you carry that with you beyond the walls of the hotel it becomes harder to remember that the further you get away from the event because now you're not really looking at other people in that we're all the same tribe mentality Mm -hmm. if you are able to retain that and even just kind of imagine that everybody else is together with you in line dance even if you don't know who they are they're just some stranger in traffic if you can imagine them as being a fellow line dancer on your team then you'll cut that, that you'll cut them that same slack and not get aggressive and give them benefit of the doubt and just feel happier on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Next up. 26. Root for the home team. Living with the ups and downs of your area's favorite sports team will help you feel a part of the community and show how much you have in common with your neighbors. One country line dance. (laughs) Representing anything I can from Sonoma County makes me so happy. Going to an event, seeing our wine country line dance people or doing some dance that is only done by Southern Californian dancers because one of their choreographers at one of the bars did it like last year doing Dance With Me to Shut Up and Dance by Haley Quirk like that was a nice feeling like our small representation our little pocket could could feel like we were together in that and with Wine Country Line Dance, of course, anything by Brenda oh, yeah. that we're able to do, you know, that, that kind of shows that, yes, as a worldwide sort of a thing, we are all together in line dance, but there's also this other pocket on the floor, and we all know each other from Sunday socials once a month. Yes, definitely. Like, I love the idea that I can have this bag people ask about it and I get to brag about it um, same thing with uh, you know people have asked me where dancing is and 
because of my own personal experience and knowledge, I'm able to be like, oh, well, depending on what night you want to go, you want to go here or you want to go there or if you don't mind a drive, there's this direction or that direction. Um, this place has 18 and over. This place has 21 and over. This one, this, this night is really geared towards... Um, like some of the new dances versus this one's really geared towards um, the partner dances is is a way for me to help you know locally but then knowing that you know there's certain dances that I know from my choreographers that are like you know my friends or whatever that I'm like you know I really do want to learn other choreography but when I go to an event, I want to represent them. I want to do their dance. Like, for instance, uh, um, Noe and Cake. Yeah. Like, I have every intention of doing that dance in Vegas yep. if they play Cake by the Ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a huge one. You know, and so, you know, it's, it's fun being able to promote those I know love this as much as I do if not more and that I can be essentially a tool or cheerleader for them so oh yeah like for um, in Chicago Uptown Funk how many versions of that were on the floor like at least at least three that I could see right I know that there is no step sheet or demo or tutorial video for Carolyn's right. choreographed Uptown Funk. It has never made it outside of Sonoma County beyond wherever either of us have taken it right. that I'm aware of. And I was still so happy in my corner of one of the floors to do her version. Oh, represent yeah. her and Sonoma County. Yeah. That was a nice feeling. Yeah, and we did it in L.A. too. Oh, yeah. At the ranch. Yep. So, yeah. Number 27, don't confuse stuff with success. You are neither a better nor worse person for the kind of car you drive, the size of your home, or the performance of your mutual funds. Remember what really matters in your life. Like line dancing. Oh, yeah. You can take that anywhere you go. Like, you can be living out of hotels. And uh, like we were saying earlier about how sometimes you'll see demo videos done in a living room. Oh, I love it. You don't even know if it's that person's house. Like, they might be just couch surfing, and they they might have only the clothes that they take with them to events, but you don't need a lot of stuff when your life is this. Like, if this is what makes you happy, nobody needs to know what you do when you go to, quote-unquote, your home. Like, this can really, like, you can make these events your home if you have a way to do that. And the stuff that you have is just, you know, your ability to do these dances and teach your classes and choreograph new stuff. Like, the steps that are in your head are the things that you own and carry with you. Oh, yeah. And along with the memories and the friendships and just the experiences, I mean, yes, that does take some type of, you know, funding, whether it be, you know a reliable enough vehicle to get you places or, you know, money for the events or, you know, cover charge or, you know, hotels. But ultimately, 
it's one of those things where it's, you know, do you need all those new pairs of shoes or that, you know, all of those movies or anything when you want to go to, you know, this event in Florida Mm -hmm. and you're all the way in California (laughs) or in our case, Sweden, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, it's definitely, I feel more enriched being able to be out dancing with people and seeing my friends and even, um, perfect example, more dessert with Lacey, you know, spreading that knowledge of here's, you know, here's a tutorial for it, learn it, and then we can dance it together. Yes. I mean, that's not stuff that's that you need to have it's it's memories it's experiences it's you know and we get out there we have fun every time and it's so totally worth it so yeah yeah having the money from going to Vegas last year instead of having had that experience maybe I could have bought like some TV or whatever, or like a flashier car than the one that I have, but those would not have given me nearly as much as what the experience, just for those few days, mm-hmm. gave me. Like, even up till now, like, I met people during those days that like, I wasn't going to be able to fly to necessarily like Singapore and hang out with Philip or right. Australia and hang out with. Chris Watson, or any of the people I mentioned, like, earlier, the Kinzers, or, um... Anybody. Oh, Netherlands. Hey, I got to Yeah, like... Fiona. And, and Roy, and the other Roy, and, like, Daniel, like, ah, like, well, I guess Daniel wasn't at Vegas, but, like, um, there are, there are things that you can't do over if you don't do them the time you have that you're able to do them there are always going to be things you can come back to. That car that you want to get this year, wait three years, it's going to be cheaper. Like, if you want it that badly, if it matters to you three three years later, you can still get it. But you're never going to get that event again, especially when people are retiring this coming year. Like, sometimes you just need to go to the event, find a way to make it happen. Yep. Buy that other thing a few years later. Number 28. Every relationship is different. If you've been disappointed by strained relations with a friend or loved one, you must realize that each relationship is unique. Don't let tension with one person convince you that you lack the ability to be a good friend or loving family member. Wow, that's a... That's a heavy one. Mm-hmm. Um, without giving too much away... There's some truth there. There's a lot of different friendships and relationships that have come from line dancing for me that has definitely forced me into new territory with some of my older friendships. For a perfect example, Big Fish Little Pond. Um... Now, there was a while there where I was like, is this all there is? I've kind of done everything there is in Sonoma County. What's going on? Why 
know, I'm losing my passion for it. And then I was introduced to Stoney's and the grad and Broken Spoke and the circuit and ballet. And I have all these amazing experiences in which my horizons have been broadened. And in trying to explain this rejuvenation and this just totally revitalized passion for dancing to some of my friends who are extremely happy where they're at has definitely put some challenge on our understanding of one another because we are definitely at different walks um, in our lives right now. However, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that either one of us are bad friends because we can't understand each other right now. Because when all is said and done, we can get out on that floor and we can still do dances like tailgate and have it our style and have it our fun and really connect with each other. So. For me, looking at it in an instruction kind of role, I think about my senior class and how my role there as a dancer is different than if I'm just casually going out to Stoney's or teaching at Lion Dance Club at SSU or Lakeside. What I do at each place and what my responsibilities are is different. And in my senior classes, I do more or less the same dances every week. Sometimes we change out the songs. Um, Sometimes we'll bring in a new dance, see if it sticks. But the playlist is more or less set. And for them, that's what they like. And that's what makes them feel comfortable with what they know. And I am mentally prepared every time I go into one of those classes for what I'll be doing for that hour. Mm-hmm. And it's not the beast and levels and more dessert and everything else that I so enjoy doing at different places where I go and do those. Instead, my role there is to find the things... Like, I always... When I go out dancing, like... If if I'm going to do a dance, I'm not going to do it half-heartedly. I will find some way to enjoy the one that I'm doing, or I will do one that I already know I enjoy. Because, like, there's that saying... um, like, find something that blows your hair back because what the world needs is more people who, like, have that compassion and blows their hair back all that stuff. Um, if I'm going out there and I'm looking like I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, I'm not helping anybody. I'm not helping myself and I'm not helping anybody around me. I'm just bringing everyone down. So, knowing that I'm going into an hour of doing God Bless Texas, Watermelon Crawl, Mr. Put It Down, AB, uh, I remember how I started in that role. And I try to look at every dance with fresh eyes. 
I know who I'm with. I know how they get excited. It's funny. It almost sometimes it goes like depending on how how sleepy I am for that lesson. Sometimes it goes in the opposite direction where I'll see them get excited to do a dance that maybe I kind of wish wasn't on the playlist or something. But then after seeing them do it for like a wall or two, I'll get kind of into it. Like yeah, two step. All right, and. It's not a better or worse kind of dancing than when I teach a beginner-friendly lesson at Lakeside or an intermediate lesson at Lion Dance Club or do country stuff like four on the floor and creep in at Stoney's or do nice pretty elegant stuff at socials and circuit things. Like they all have their place and I don't, I've sort of let go of the need um, to try to make every space the way that I like to do every kind of dance. Like, I don't need Stonies to be circuit. Yeah. I am happy to pursue circuit where circuit actually happens, get my fill of it there, and then appreciate Stonies for the unique countryness that it offers that circuit does not because there really isn't that much country representation there so in looking at each place and my relationship with that place differently I can appreciate the uniqueness of each of those places and make the most of it while I'm there in the present moment yeah with the senior classes sometimes that's just workshop time for me that's like all right. Electric slide, we meet again. What's it going to be like today? <laughs> and find something new that I haven't seen before. Alright. Let's see. Looks like we can get a couple more before we arrive at our destination. Number 29. Don't think what if. Spending your time imagining what would have been if you could have changed some little thing, some little decision in your life, is counterproductive and leaves you unhappy. Think about how you can improve for the future, but don't waste your present thinking about how you could have changed the past. Get on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> Get out there. Do it. Um, you know, attempt that new dance. Attempt that variation. Attempt that, you know, three-spin craziness, you know, that you want to. It's okay to take the risk. You know, it's one of those things where you might just find out it works. That you know it, that it's fun. And the other thing, when, you know, I mean, there's so many different things. Like, for instance, tonight, we almost didn't, you know, we almost didn't go out tonight. And had I not gone out tonight, I wouldn't have met Amanda. We wouldn't have talked line dance. We wouldn't have talked about Vegas. And, you know, I wouldn't have been able to hang out with Lacey. And so that what if is like, it can definitely stop you from some amazing opportunities. The one that, <laughs> opportunities, the one that came first to mind for me was Chicago. When, and I, I mentioned this in my Windy City Reflections, uh, 
when Joey looked like maybe he was, maybe he wasn't gesturing yeah. toward me for the main attraction demo. And I love that dance. I would have absolutely gone out and done that if I had thought, oh, he is asking me to go out and do this demo in front of all these people. Oh my God. Like I, I didn't realistically think he was actually doing that. And then it turned out he was. And before I knew that he was, I was like replaying that doubt in my head. Like, was he? Wasn't he? He probably was. Ah, I should have just gone for it. <laughs> like, but what I ended up doing with all that frustrated energy was being ready for when I actually did go out for Funk and Feel It with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy, like, oh. naturally it would have been great to do both, but rather than, like, you know, kick myself around the block too much for the one that I missed, I, I used that that questioning and how strongly I felt about it to know that if I have this, again. If, yeah, if this opportunity comes up again for another dance that I absolutely love, then I, uh, I will take it and be ready for it in yeah. a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, the prompt was saying, you know, don't let it mess with your future if you're dwelling too much on it. Like, be ready for the future. Oh, yeah. Number 30, as we draw closer to our exit on this freeway back home. Number 30 is volunteer. Every community has countless opportunities for giving of yourself. Be a reading tutor. Give your time to help the local charity thrift store. Anything you can do will not only help the world, it will also help you. Volunteers feel good about themselves. They have a sense of purpose, feel appreciated, and are less likely to be bored in their lives. Volunteers experience rewards that cannot be attained in any other way. Even if you don't have a lot of time or skills, find an hour a month and give yourself to a good cause. Uh, to, to borrow a, or to paraphrase a phrase from Enzo Amore of WWE, if I had a dime for every lesson I've taught at Sonoma State Line Dance Club since 2012, I would have zero dimes. <laughs> and in this case, it's literal. Usually he says it figuratively. But um, that's the example that came first to mind. When you love something, you just do it. You don't worry about like what the return's going to be on it. If you need to be dancing multiple times a week and you have an opportunity to share what you know with other people who also love dancing multiple times a week, then somehow you just end up like saying, hey, yeah, let's go over the steps at this place at this time every week. Suddenly you're volunteering to teach at this thing that has like a name and a place and a Facebook page. Go figure. Uh, there's definitely that. The other thing is, uh, for me personally and more directly, uh, when I see people genuinely attempting to learn the dance and they're struggling... I will start trying to help them. I will try and assist. I will volunteer my time during the dance in which normally I would be going all out and totally enjoying myself to the fullest I could be by doing all these different variations and really throwing myself into it. But I decide to do it vanilla in hopes to then get them that knowledge and that comfort of being able to do these dances um, as well as I mean I'm yeah it's just 
volunteering time for anything that you love is really, I mean, a reward in itself. Mm-hmm. So. And, I mean, if, if you look at specifically circuit events, you can actually volunteer to take on shifts at whatever they're, they're doing, like door guard or handing out packets or whatnot. Putting in the floor. Yeah, like there, there are things you can volunteer for at, at some of these events that will cover what your cost would have been to register. So in that sense, volunteering has a very direct um, financially saving reward. Yeah. Like practical and stuff. I like yours too. (laughs) So we are within, I would say, 45 seconds of our destination. Do you have any, any thoughts as we take this break from the 100 simple secrets of happy people having just completed question number 30 or not even question but tip tip secret Um, believe in yourself stay humble and be kind that's about it so far I like how easily our minds have come to bridging these these relationships between things that make people happy and line dance. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I'm happy that my brain has been shapened in the the mold of line dance. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to opening this book up again on another long drive. Thank you to those of you who have stuck with us this long and... Uh, through the time warp that was questions 1 through 15 and our secrets 1 through 15 and 16 through 30 Uh, we look forward to chatting with each other and y'all again soon Mm -hmm. bye